Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast. It is good to be back. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Breda. Hello, Elitists. Hello, Corey. And also, hello to the third member of the podcast trio, uh, Chris Bonfer. Welcome back. Choo choo! The Bombs Express has arrived for 2018, boys. And Corey, oh, hearing that intro just gave me chills. Mate, uh, it just sent it right up my spine. Absolutely loved it. Great to be back. Uh, what's in store for us today, though, Corey? Uh, we've got a fair bit to go through. More, I mean, it's, it's early days, boys, so we're not going to sit here and talk. You know, we're not going to throw players' names at you. We're not going to tell you what rookies to pick because it's way too early for that. We've got, you know, injuries to be thrown up, pre-season, um, JLT. So we're more going to talk about kind of structures and setups. Um, we'll have a quick touch on all our teams um, and, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. But before we get into that, let's talk about some social media. You'll find us on Twitter at SC Elites, also on Facebook at Supercoach Elites. But before we get all that, we've got some exciting news to announce. Um, for those who do not have Supercoach Gold um, and haven't had a chance to make a team yet or even look at it, we have just dropped a team picker. So you'll see it. We'll pin it to our Twitter page. Um, we'll yeah pin it to our Facebook page as well. So if you're not running gold, Want a chance to have a bit of a play around. Um, it's got buy rounds in there, so you can have a look at when your teams are on the buy. Um, you know, player positions, kind of, kind of exactly what um, your, you know, your 2018 early access would have. Um, just a bit of a fun tool that we've chucked together for those who don't have it. So that'll be pretty good to look at. Um, but we better start off with. I think we might have a bit of a structure talk. So we posted the questions out the other day, what people are looking at. Um, and one of the real common ones was what kind of setups that we're running at the moment. Are we running six deep, five deep? Um, I know it's really early days and there's a lot to change. Uh, we'll start with you, Bretta. What kind of structure are you looking at primos, mid-prices, you know, from your midfield and then kind of forward lines and, and defense as well? Um, basically, every time I adjust my team, I know it's really early days. The one thing that seems to stay the same is five deep in the midfield. I've been pretty settled on that. There's one or two names. Um, Coniglio could be one that makes it six deep, but for the most part, it's just been five deep. So far, two deep in the defense. I think it's quite shallow. Doherty going down is really throwing that up in the air. The two premium rucks that I think everybody else is going to probably run unless something goes horribly wrong. And then the forwards are a real toss-up. I really do not know what I'm doing with my forward line. I don't know if I'm looking at some mid-ish prices or if I'm going the full primo into the rookies. But at the moment, five deep in the midfield, two deep in the back line. And yeah, the forward line's a complete toss-up. How about you, Corey? Well, looking at me right now, so I've got the three deep down back with Grant Birchall, that mid-price is sitting there as well, and then running a rookie structure. Um, in the midfield, I'm a little bit different to you, Brett. I've got the five primos, um, and then Caniglio as well, two rounds in that mid-price. is great value early, and we've seen what he can put out when he was fully fit, so hopefully that can go more. The, the two rucks, um, and then I'm running oh, probably... Call them two primo forwards and then a couple mid prices through there. So I'm pretty lining up forward line. Bonds, what about you, mate? Well, oh, mate, this is uh, this is way too early to speak structure. But I'll tell you, the first team I've done, um, and 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 this is what I've got. Right, I've got three primos uh, down back, and I've got a mid pricer um, through the midfield. I've got five uh, primos. Um, and then no real mid-price, just kind of like an expensive $200,000 type player and the rest sort of baseline. Um, the rucks are just 
I'm pretty sure everyone's just running Gorn and Nick Nut. And uh, up forward, I'm go- I've gone three primos and just, um, yeah, just all the way down to the bottom. So I've gone very much um, top and bottom um, type price players to start off the year. But uh, I, th- I think like the, one of the lessons, I, I like to write down lessons um, at the end of each Supercoach year. And I think one of the lessons I learned was that maybe last year I, was, I spent a little bit too much um, money and time and invested a lot a lot of uh, field positioning on mid prices, and I want to try avoid that this year um, and go back to a lot more top of the line and a bit more bottom of the line type structure. Yeah. So how many was... premiums do we all have all together? So what's what's our? Well, I think it's usually twelve to fourteen. What do you guys have this year? Uh, I got a thirteen. Yeah, if we're going four fifty plus, I've got the thirteen as well. Yeah, I don't really yeah, count Canilio as a premium, yeah. though. Um, yeah, I can't count that. Like to me, that's so it's more of a break. I'd, I'd say it's it's kind of yeah. premium dollars. Also, like for for what you're looking at, you know, he's not a mid price, so he's not a rookie. He's a, an A minus, B plus type. I'd say B plus and up. He's probably not top so, eight yeah. though. As well, like I don't know. For me, I wouldn't pay that. But if you want to, yeah, pay well, he's he's almost in a position where you can use him to upgrade later on. Um, exactly, and yeah. you, you look at it, he's what a top probably fifteen to twenty. And you're getting a like the price of a top fifty player like that's. All right, but if you keep in mind, if you're looking to upgrade him, that then does not make him a pro- like you wouldn't count him then as a as a premium. If you're going to be looking to, to make some coin off him and upgrade him, yeah, oh, then technically he's one, he's one Brent of those a premium. He could he could definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's way too. That's a risk. About that's this. what a mid price yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. A, mid, a mid price is a risk. Could so I, would, I wouldn't be counting Canelio in that. Yeah. Uh, be interesting factor. What did Cornelio start at last year? We'll have a look at that. We'll, we'll touch on that when we get to our GWS podcast a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, let's have a bit of a chat about our 2017 season, boys. Uh, one that I'd rather forget. Probably the first person in our Elites League history to make the finals and get relegated in the same year. <laughs> um, so, for those who don't know, um, I'll be playing in our Divi 2 cash paid league in the elites um, <laughs> because I made some real stupid trades to beat some people <laughs> in, a, in a very banter purpose oh, and then um, had, had like five injuries went down so I think from round 19 all the way to 23 I was playing with like 17 players on the field so um, absolutely destroyed my overall um, and lucky I'm the host of the show and we've got you two along here so uh, don't take any of my advice uh, going into the uh, <laughs> go off these boys but 27 was a bit dismal um, prior to that I think you know a couple of top 1000 and 2000 finishes but definitely last year was a year to, to rub off but that's what we do we, we live and learn and we learn from our mistakes so 2018 is a new year let's get started again uh, Bonfa how was your season last year and a bit on your Supercoach history for those who are first-time listeners. Um, yeah, well, last year last year was just not a good year, I don't think. I think I started off uh, relatively okay, but I, I, I really just don't know what I did. I really don't know what I did. I don't can't tell you how it all went so horribly wrong as well. Like, I think maybe I just kept avoiding getting the real top-end guys and trying to buy players who are a little bit cheaper. The Dustin Martin. Um, yeah, so, like, you know, I would avoid Martin and go just buy someone, some other, someone else I just thought was a premium, like maybe Tom Rockliffe in the midfield and... Just made decisions like that all year that just um, slid me down the ranks. But I guess the year prior, I was a top 200 finish in the overall, which was good. Took out the Supercoach Elite uh, Trophy, Cash League, all the rest of it. Um, so you'll never be able to take that one away from me. That's that's what I definitely know for sure. Yeah. Now, Brett, 
last year, you did definitely say that uh, you'd rather have Paddy Cripps over Dustin Martin. So why don't you give us a bit of a rundown on... Uh, <laughs> I, can see, on... I can see the uh, the fake news has started already <laughs> in the Supercoach. <laughs> let's give us a rundown on how you went last year, mate. And your prize. All right, let's go all the, way, all the way back to 2017 pre-season where I was laughed at and abused for saying uh, Dusty Martin is better than Corey's pick, Robbie Gray, and Bomber's pick, Paddy Cripps. Abused. Dusty Martin was a top three midfielder, and I think that leads on to where I think you boys both went wrong uh, last year. And it was you listen, to, you listen to your own advice, and uh, that's never a good idea for, for you two because it just goes horribly wrong. And if you'd listened to me, you might have... Uh, Led the paid cash league in overall points and had a pretty strong year. Just, you know, a bit of fixture gate at the end, getting a 200, 300 points higher than the other final and still getting beat by a, a very good super coach. And yeah, so um, I think listen to my advice this year, boys, and you might go a little bit better than last year and yeah, we'll move forward from there. I think I listened to you at the start of last year, Brenna, yeah. and uh, ended up picking Trelaw, and that absolutely screwed me. So screw you. Um, <laughs> let's move on, boys. And that's uh, the other dog last year as well. Uh, I forgot about him. Absolutely carnage. <laughs> yeah. I was reading a stat the other day that 13, I think there was 13 players last year that were priced over 600000 and out of those 13, only three remain. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to go through and find out exactly yep. who they are. Um, oh, Dangerfield's one. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we know that. Yeah, but that's a, that's a crazy stat. Um the rucks. Let's let's start talking about the rucks because this is something that's really getting into people's minds early. Uh, Gorn and Nick Nat. Probably eighty percent of people out there are running this combination. I've seen a lot throw up questions, um, especially around the Nick Nat Nui injury. Is Gorn and Nick Nat at their price for you guys early? Just an absolute lock. Um, and is there anyone else that you could seriously con- consider? Um, I know, again, early doors uh, over those two. Bons, we'll start with you. I, I, like, if um, if you're looking at it as a combination, yeah, 100%. Um, I think, AD, like I said, like 80% of teams are probably just going to run with that running into the year. Um, I would be more nervous over Nick Nat than I would Max Gorn. I think you just do not run the year without Max Gorn at $500,000. I think that's just that should just be the rule. Um, in terms of, like, whether there was someone else, like, you look around um, Nick Nat's price and there's... There's actually just, like, not much there. Like, I think, like, you either just kind of have to run with him or you're just going to have to go and pay overs for someone like Caruso or Grundy or, or someone like that. But um, if I had to choose one, I'd probably be choosing um, Grundy, although I'd be a little bit nervous about um, Jared Witz's contract extension and um, Grundy's role within the team. Cox, but, Cox's um, contract extension. Uh, yeah, Cox's, sorry. Yeah. Mason Cox's contract extension, that's the one. And um, his role within the team. So, um... I just think you have to start with um, Gorn and Nick Nat. It's the obvious and smart thing to do. Brett? Um, yeah, well, just leading on from that, uh, the whole Grundy talk, I think Buckley came out and said something about Mason Cox is expected to play the first few games if more fit and firing, he's in their plan. So that really puts a dent in Grundy. We all saw how he dropped off when there was a second ruck. And I think as long as Gorn and Nick Nat are fit and healthy and they both go in as predominantly solo rucks, I think you just have to pick them. I don't think you can risk not picking them. They're better value and their top end output is as good, if not better, than anybody else going around. The one thing that I'm seeing is a lot of people are asking some serious questions around, uh, you know, obviously Prudis and Mitchell leaving. Um, they've still got Gaff, still got Shuey, um, who are some Class A talents. The other thing about Nick Nutt and Gorn, um, and this is one thing I love, is they put the ball down 
their midfielders' throats. Um, so hit out to advantage plays a huge part in it all, and they're arguably you know two of the best tap ruckmen in the league. So um, at their price, I think it's very hard to look past. Um, the only way, yeah, I think that you could is if something seriously went wrong. Um, hey, and just on that, just on that, he to, to advantage. Um, he has to advantages when the ruckman clearly puts it um, to his own player below him. It's not whether it's a 50-50 ball and say Pritis goes and wins a 50-50 ball in a contest and hit outs and Nick Nat's won the uh, won the hit out. It's a, it's a hit out to advantages when Nick Nat puts it directly down Pritis's throat. So um, you look at centre bounces and players generally just stand around the centre bounce. So it's Nick Nat putting it down someone else's throat. Um, because, like I said, the hit-out to advantage is not paid by a player winning a contested ball from a contested situation. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Any early absolute locks for your team? We'll start with the rookies and we'll work our way up. Any rookies that you're looking at early, Bonfa, that's just an absolute lock for you? No, the, the one that will never move from this team. And, look, I have to be honest, all the rookies I've got now, I'm pretty sure none of them are going anywhere. But the one that is definitely not going anywhere, I think, is Cameron O'Shea. I think he is an absolute lock to get into um, Carlton's round one team. He's an absolute lock to play every game, and we'll see him average anywhere between 70 to 80 this year, and at 166,000, did not pass that. Britta? Uh, yeah, really like the, the Cam O'Shea pick. Um, everything's fallen into place for him. Um, also, I still consider Dangerfield a lock. Um, no, I don't see, care, I really. First, boy. Oh, rookies, yeah. rookies, O'Shea. That's pretty much the only one that we know. Oh, sorry, also Davis Uniaki yeah. with North Melbourne's team being so thin. Um, he's got to play. He just absolutely has to play. He's not too expensive for a high draft pick, and um, Nap Cup, you can just see how much better he is than so many of his other guys coming through at that age. That's right. We'll get yeah. on to more of this through JLT. Um, I'd just a team podcast as well. I think Tim Kelly's the other one from Geelong that's uh, that's really going to be the the early mover at the moment. Yeah. Um, 117k midfielder, lightning speed. They used one of their first picks on him this year. Um, the true age bloke is about 23, I think, years of age as well. And I, I don't think they'd be selecting him with one of their first picks if he wasn't coming in for an immediate impact and a bit of an injection of pace. Would we say probably Birchall's the biggest lockers in mid pricer for you right now? Right yeah. now, yep. Yep. And bombs, Just because you know, there's not much else. We'll have a quick chat beforehand. You're not all in on the um, Harley Bedell or Alan Christensen bandwagon at the moment, are you? No, I'm not because I'm sick of injuries. I'm absolutely sick of injuries, so I'm not touching them. I'm not, I'm not touching them. I don't care if they're averaging 100 through the JLT. I'll guarantee you this. And you know what? When Bombs comes out with an Atlantic statement, <laughs> you can believe it's going to be true, right? Harley Bedell. Harley Bunnell. We've had about seven outlandish statements in the last four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Bunnell and Christensen, they will not feature in the Bomb Six Press team in 2018. Let's, will not? Or I'll, I'll just to. take the snippet of it. No one's well, got 110, 110, 110 in the JLT. Actually, I think there's only two games. Right. I'll uh, play that before the first podcast. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I won't do it out of principle, even if it's the right thing. <laughs> I'm not selected out of principle. I'm a man of my power moves already. Corey backed him into a corner. It's only day one. Uh, All right, the big boys, fellas, early locks. Uh, I think I'll get this segue going. Uh, Paddy Dangerfield. For me, I don't care if he's 750k. I don't care if he's 1 million. I would rather have the bloke in there 
dropping 140 to 150 every single week with the ability to vice captain because if you listen last year you know how important I felt that was um yeah I think Dangerfield uh, there's a lot of teams saying oh don't worry about picking him I'll pick him up for 550k I'll pick him up under 600,000 last year you had to wait until round eight before you could do that and that was simply off the fact that he got injured in one of those games the bike was on one leg against Hawks and kicked five goals. I mean, I don't know what more you want from Dangerfield. Um, for me, he's the biggest set and forget. A constant vice-captain option, and there's nothing worse, especially if you're playing for league, coming up against a goat bloke that has Patrick Dangerfield and you don't have him. Couldn't care if Gary Ablett's there. I don't think he's going to compliment him. He's not going to stop him. Um, the the bloke's just an animal. So, Bretta, straight across to you. Agreed. Dangerfield, pick it. Don't even think twice about it. Don't convince yourself that you can spend the extra 80k better. It's Dangerfield. You just got to get him in there. The other thing is weigh up where that 80k is going. I mean, Bomfer is the biggest advocate of this. Dangerfield and someone else versus you know the other two. What are the two? What's going to work better for you in the long run? Bons, any early absolute locks for you? Yeah, well, I think, uh, so, so just on that, so like a, a hypothetical could be like, say like, would you prefer Dangerfield and say Nat 5 uh, as opposed to a combination of, uh, I don't know, like Tom Mitchell and Dustin Martin or something like that might be the equivalent. Like it's an absolute um, kind of no-brainer that like, well, for me anyway, I take Dangerfield on 5 every day of the week. I think Dangerfield is though the the, um, the number one lock and for all the reasons that Corey mentioned, plus the additional reason um, of Supercoach Bias, which we cannot forget about. Uh, he's a big Supercoach Bias man. Gets an extra 40 points a game just on the bias. And Didn't think we'd be hearing that word for at least two months, three oh, months, but it's oh, already at least until uh, we got to the Western Bulldogs no, podcast. No, yeah. I thought that's yeah. <laughs> I thought that's maybe when that would have come up. But yeah. big shout out to Marcus Bonsampelli. Hope you're well. Hope you're having a great preseason. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. right. But there is bias involved. So yeah, look, a uh, Dangerfield certainly in the certainly in the midfield. Uh, yeah, Danger Dangerfield's my lock. I don't know if you want some other positions, Corey, but I'll give them to you anyway. Laird is the absolute lock for me in defence. Gorn, my absolute loss in the rucks, and uh, providing he's fit and ready to go, it's Isaac Keeney in the forward line. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. I reckon you've absolutely nailed all three of them. Yeah, the others do have said there. It's the other, the other one that I think is actually uh, a lock is Nat Fife. Um, absolutely. At his price. I, I think a braver man than me would not have to pick him. I know he didn't have the most outstanding year last year, but he was still hurt, um, and he's a machine. He finished and- it well. Yeah, he finished exactly. it well. That, that's what that's what the good thing was for me. So I was one of those idiots that traded him, and you know yeah. we said, "Oh, how'd I go last year?" So I was one of the ones that traded him, and five's back end of the year just kept burning me week after week after week, and that's sticking in my mind still. There's a lot of people. Hypothetically, um, hypothetically, sorry. you can only have one five or danger field oh, price considered as well. Who do you take? Dangers. I reckon oh. I take five. Yeah, what are you doing with the other 160? Though? Who are you putting on top of? Like that's the thing you don't I mean, know. That's all you get. Question. You walk into the season, you get told first player you pick, Dangerfield or Fife. You don't have one. Hundred percent. No, I take Dangerfield. Yeah, I still take Dangerfield. I think there's an element of, you know, Fife. Like Fife's such a good player, but there's I think there's always going to be that doubt, kind of like with injury and that yeah. sort of stuff, as to whether or not he's going to validate the top eight selection. Whereas with Dangerfield, like you know. Even if he's the eighth best midfielder, you're still buying a top eight midfielder, no matter what you're doing. If Fife and Dangerfield both play 23 full games, do you think Fife could outscore Dangerfield this year? No. Is there a possibility? Even with Gary Ablett, I don't think he can do it. Look, I think there's a possibility. I, I just think it's a, 
I just think it's incredibly unlikely. Dangers for Fair me. Call. Dangers is a better. He's a better field kick. He's a better better shot at goal as well. Um, I think he's got those probably about oh, tough to say, but three to four extra contested possessions a game over Nat Fife as well. He's got, um, he's got the meters gained on him. Yeah. I think I think that's the that's the key. Uh, Supercoach and whoever does the who does the stats for Supercoach? I forget the name. Champion data. Champion data. Champion data. Your mate's champion data. <laughs> My mate's champion data. You can clearly see, like, mate, back in the day on our MySpace, so I'm a number one friend. Champion data. Um, <laughs> champion data. Uh, they they really do value the, the meters gained statistic, and I think that's where Dangerfield separates himself. From the competition, you look at Dustin Martin, how many yeah. metres gained he got this year as well. It's a statistic that you'll see will flow through a lot of the top uh, top prize players is that a lot of them, if not all of them, uh, get a lot of metres gained, gained during um, games. And also that year that Fife looked untouchable and won the brown low, he averaged 124. Dangerfield last year, 136. Yeah. So that's probably putting yeah. their two best years against each other. Dangerfield's 12 points clear. Do you reckon hmm. Ablett helps or hinders Dangerfield? I don't think it affects him. I just don't think it matters. I, I, I really don't because I think like with Dangerfield, we saw how much time he spent forward last year. He's not going to spend any more time forward this year. His role's not going to change. It's it, it's going to be the exactly. surface players around. Menegola, Duncan. Yeah. So it's going to be the players around those real top liners that are going to change to fit Gary Ablett in. You don't bring in Gary Ablett to make Dangerfield lesser of a player. You bring yeah. in to complement that sort of player, don't you? Yeah. I agree. Um, at what point, moving on, at what point do we look at consistency and how often do you guys have a look at consistency over uh, you know, a ceiling maybe? When you're looking at your team, how many of those players do you look at that say, mate, this guy could absolutely break out versus you know, a flatline solid 100 every week? If you had to put it in a ratio, what would you do? Nine to one, eight to one, eight to two, the consistency versus that that next breakout player. I've no idea what the ratio. Is nine, like I'd take nine to one. I want yeah. the consistent pick every single time, almost. Yeah. Maybe one risk. That's the thing. Ah, uh, see, oh, right now I get it. So yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. So if I'm fielding fourteen players, how many risky sort of yeah, primos do I yeah. want? Ah, uh, yeah, okay, cool. So, yeah, no. Well, I don't think I want any. Like, I just want I just want people who are going to tune me at 100s, hence why I'm going to go with someone like Pendlebury this year yep. and not go and risk someone someone else. I like it. Uh, yeah, I'm very much the same. And I think this was this was a message that we, we drilled into people all last year as well. It's just take those consistent scores. Just... Take the players that you know what they're going to do. Scotty Pendlebury has been a lock every year, you know, prior to last year. What makes you think now that he's going to just fall off a cliff and and not do it? I mean, he broke his hand at the end of last year. Arguably, was playing with through a lot of injuries last year as well. But he just got out in the park and done it. Gets that thumb right. He, you know, it's Scott Pendlebury. It's it's the D- Pendlebury. You're taking that probably one fifteen to one twenty average throughout the season and it'll look great he's he's probably never going to finish as the number one scorer but he's going to give you those you know consistent week in week out scores do you really want to go risk it and picking a Clayton Oliver who you know broke out last year and you don't know what he's going to do um right I now think, I think that's the whole talk with the do you take the risky not the risky the um the high and low um 
player versus the flatline consistent player. I think it's a, a Pendlebury versus Joel Selwood type thing where Selwood will go yeah. 160, 160, 65, where Pendlebury yeah. will go 120, 120, 120. And that's where I think that 120, 120, 120 is what I'd rather have every single time. Yep. And that's Even probably, though at the end of the season, they'll average probably the same. It was probably like a Rockliffe is almost one of those players. We drilled it last year. I mean, you know, Bonks, mate, me and you, we went into bat for Rockliffe every single week um, and probably lost... 500 viewers because of it. Um, yeah, obviously we're not going to be, uh, we're not going to pick. Oh, but I mean, we'll leave that to the Port Adelaide conversation when we get there. But yeah, that's kind of the way. Buy plans, bombs. Do you look at the buy rounds when you when you're picking your teams? I mean, there's a lot of people who will just pick their players that they want and, and go for broke. There's some players that that won't pick certain players. I mean, we have looked at round 14, but I think Crouch is on it, Fife is on it. Um, I think Dangers could be on it. I haven't really gone into details. Would you not pick one of those players that you love early off that factor that you have too many players in one buy round? Yeah. If I if I'm running five premium midfielders and all of them have the same buy, there's no way in the world I'm doing that. Yeah. Unless, no, not even unless no, no, just no. <laughs> yep. So you would you check your buys coming into the season? No, I haven't. I haven't had a look at them uh, now. But right, but uh, through yeah. through the JLT and once we get a better idea of you know who are the rookies, once your team starts to take more of a shape, that's when I start to give it consideration because um, I look. I think it's I think it's just important to do it that way. Yeah, and and I think what we have to remember as well, and this is actually quite contradictory to what I just said about the rookies, but um, keeping in mind that your rookies will probably be traded out by the time yeah, those buy rounds always a difference later between anyway. but, your rookies I mean, and primos. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I mean, I kind of like to have a balance at the start of the year because look, what I what I tend to find is that as we get towards the buys, the numbers don't heavily weigh in one buy round sort of favour, like because I think I, I manipulate my trades down the line in terms of what premiums I'm bringing in to suit the buy rounds. So if I start off with an even structure and bring in premiums according to, you know, keeping that even structure, then I've got a nice even structure across the, all the buys. Yeah. Brad, do you let the buys influence your picks early in the season? To be honest, no, I don't. Um, I really don't look at it. I know um, that's almost a lazy thing, but I figure if you spend too much time worrying about specific buy rounds, um, at the beginning of the season, when you first pick a team, you just you overlook and you spend, and you you focus on the wrong things and you're picking players for the wrong reasons. But once you do get to you know round seven, round eight, you worked out how much money you're going to have because last year it was completely thrown because there was just no cash generation earlier in the season. So all these things we could do in previous years at the buy rounds we couldn't really do. Um, so I think once you know what cash is coming in, um, what guys are having breakout years, and what guys are looking like really big, big movers and that are playing in the second and third buy rounds, once you've established who they are and who you can afford, that's when you start really considering it. It's really funny too because it almost comes down to what you play for as well. And we'll talk about this a lot throughout the year is that there's some people that are just out there who play simply for their league and go head-to-head with their mates. Um, and that's predominantly what we do. Um, and then, you know, there's there's people who are purely playing for the overall. So I think if you are playing just for the overall factor, then... I think it becomes more important to focus on that and make sure that you're not running um, too heavily. But one thing that I try and do, because, you know, we're very league-based, the one thing that I try and do early is I won't look into it too much, but before the season starts, I'll normally 
go into the the buys with a mindset. All right, well, I at least want two wins out of the buys. So if I've got one round that's absolute carnage, well, then I scrap that off, and I know I'm going to go into the other two with a lot stronger team as well. So if you can kind of look almost at your opponent's teams and, and see where they're at and, and monitor them early and see where their weakness and their buy structure is versus yours, you can almost guarantee that you can pick up two wins through those buy rounds. But don't go, at the same token, don't go absolutely destroying your team just to get some buy round wins. Um, but yeah, I, I go with this that, strategy, that, two wins, one loss. That round 14 buy you're, you're talking about, listen, listen to the, do you, do you want to be running this midfield, ready? Um, Laird, oh, sorry, not Laird's not in midfield. Um, either of the Crouch brothers, yep. Sloan, Gibbs, you got Lockie Neal, you got Fife, you got Danger, Selwood, uh, uh, Ablett, uh, you've got Cochin, Dustin Martin, um, you know, St Kilda, you probably wouldn't select anyone, but the Swans, I mean, there's always Hannah's, uh, you know, JPK is always a, a sort of a feature as well. There's Parker, I mean, there are so many players. I mean, do you really want to be selecting five premiums like? Because it's quite possible that teams will run into the year with five premiums uh, from that thing. I hear what you're saying yeah. um, about the, the buy structure. Uh, sorry, not the buy structure, but about what you play for. Because I think that's hugely important. Because if you're playing for overall, I, I'd like I think that's suicide. Like you can't do that. Yeah. But at the same time, can but you... I also figure most people are going to have all those players anyway, so it's not going to oh, be they don't. people pick. No, people, people are going to not have Dangerfield, Martin. Um, Titch, Fife, you reckon people are going to have those four? I don't think Hawks were in there, were they? Well, no. I don't think... I, I, no, don't think those three. I don't think a lot of teams will have all of them all at the same time, no. Then I it mean, won't be a worry like, because they'll be 0-7 by the time we get to the buy round. I went 14 by the time we get to the buy rounds. And you won't exactly have to worry about getting two out of three wins. You'd go 0-3 and, and still be four games clear. It's all right, just... Brett. Will you select a team full of round 14 buys and I'll play in All right, Bombs. You go and not pick Dangerfield, <laughs> Dusty and Fife just to hey, be I'm nice at the buy rounds. Well, we need to... Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so but is like, everybody else that we play against. And so is anyone going for overall. Look at those teams, though. Like, you go to the back line, like, then you've got Rory Laird, you've got yeah, Brandon Ellis down there, you've got Rance. Uh, like, yeah. it's uh, almost, just plays everywhere from those things. It almost becomes too risky. I mean, you got... Look, every, we assume most are going to run Dangers, Martin, Fife. Like, that's your triangle. You got you almost rule that as, you know, that that's that set midfield triangle. Try not to pair up... Um, a Hanabry with a crouch. Oh, I yeah, wouldn't. Don't be if I'm running those three, I wouldn't be running any more than that. Yeah. I yep. can guarantee you that. Yeah, or my advice would be not to run any more than that anyway. Um, we had a question yeah. the other day about the China game as well. If it's if you should be avoiding Port Adelaide and um, Gold Coast Sun players because of that China game and will it affect scores and, and stuff. And I just wanted to you know go through, no, it doesn't. Um, you have a look at the China game itself. Um, there was probably almost a career-high possession for the Gold Coast in that game. I mean, Ablett had 29, Aaron Hall had 37, um, Harborough had 35 too. So, you know, you had scores of... You had, I think it was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 players that scored over 100, and I think five of those players were in the top 50 ranked super, co- uh, super coach scores for that week. So, you know, Ryder 115, Hall 109, uh, Polek had 29 with a 106. So I don't think if you are looking at Gold Coast Sun players and Port Adelaide players, don't ignore that buy. It's almost sometimes pretty handy to have a, um, a player in that buy because at least you run them or, or coming out. Last year we were big on... 
kicking Ablett coming out of that bye round and, and, and not starting with him early um, because, you know, being that first upgrade target. But, yeah, I don't want people worrying too much about that early bye round. And you can normally find some cover for them as well. Do you guys disagree or agree with that statement at all? I, I, I disagree to an extent because I, I actually wouldn't pick any players who I thought were appropriately priced um, before they've had that buy there. So what I mean by that is someone like, say, for instance, Michael Barlow, I would select before because I think he's underpriced. Um, but someone, you know, like Robbie Gray, who I think is probably going to be around that same price anyway after the buy, then I'm not going to go select him to start the year. I'll select him coming out of the buy. Yeah. I do agree with that. That's that's a really great statement. Brenner? Yeah, I do agree with Bumps on that. Um, I think you need to look for value if you're going to pick one of those players. Um, and honestly, when we really break it down, there's not a lot of value in those teams. I think Barlow's the one that screams at us at the moment that could be real good value. I know people are super hot on Robbie Gray, but I just don't quite see it just yet. Things could turn. He's a very good footballer. And outside of that, I think there's guys that, even the ones that look good, there's just players that are better at that position and just have more upside and more of a safe pick. I mean, we'll get to that when we do our team podcast as well. But right now, I just, I don't think Robbie Gray is just a, he's probably a little bit too risky up forward. Um Let's chat about the Chalky Milk Challenge, boys. So for those of you who missed out last year, Brenna made a vital error and traded out... Uh, who'd you have, Brenna? Uh, Heaney? Isaac Heaney. Isaac Heaney, because you got a little bit ballsy and you were backing in uh, Jordan yeah. to go in to, to take you through the rest of the season. <laughs> I had Jack Billings. Uh, Bonfa, who'd you have, boss? Uh, wouldn't yeah, take yeah. anyone else. Because he wouldn't take well, Toby Green. Well, a bit Toby Green, let's yeah. be real about it. So, uh, Ali- Bonfer was blessed with Elliot Yo. Um, so, Brett has to run a 400 after sculling <laughs> two litres of chalky milk. Uh, we're really considering the terms and conditions lifted on that because Brett is a chocolate milk fiend. Um, yeah, not considering the terms yes. and conditions. And when I run that 400 beautifully and celebrate afterwards with no vomit. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that will be happening. But we will be bringing you that the case. closer to honestly, the start of the season. If there is honestly, if there's no chunda, it's been an epic, epic waste of time, I'll be honest. Um, I, I, I want to put it out there that Brett should run until he chunders. And continue to drink until something comes up. Because if he doesn't throw up, this has been an epic waste of time. I'll be honest with you. Mate, I have not been actively training the house down for the past seven months. So just have it pointless because I'm going to chunder anyway. I reckon we just go for a big brekkie beforehand as well. Um, So we will have the details up. That'll be closer. And Bombs said the other day, and it was a great, great thing, we'll we'll bring it out to the community. So we'll get a post on Twitter. Um, We'll figure out what the bet will be closer to the season. But we want a new challenge. Um, and we want to run it from the start of the year, so we'll get the we'll get the Twitter up. Um, we'll take a whole bunch of challenge, different challenges from some people, um, and then we'll get a poll. The best challenge will win, and that'll be the the challenge for the year. Speaking on Twitter polls, Bombs, do you want to tell us the poll that you ran uh, the other day on Twitter, uh, which got some well, great, absolutely great feedback? I was really happy with this Twitter poll. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you were. I'm, I'm absolutely sure you were. So, anyway, so I put something out there the other day. So, look, I'm actually kind of, I'm kind of curious myself. Um, well, look, I have to be honest with myself. I think I knew the answer going into this, but I thought, look, why not? Uh, why not just have a little goal at it uh, anyway? So, 
I put something out there too. With our podcast coming back this week, uh, who are you hoping has the worst super coach year and let us know why? Um, I was actually quite thankful that no one let us know why because it means I avoided the abuse. But <laughs> I copped 75% of votes that people just want me to flunk it this year. 75- that is three in four people. I, I was actually I was thinking maybe 50%, maybe 45 Like I thought I'd win it convincingly, but... But not by that much. I think it just means I'm in for a good year. Um, and uh, don't forget, Bombs has four fake accounts, which he voted uh, for myself and Corey on as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, let's not forget about that. Um, well, you know what's funny, actually? I actually did vote for you, Brad. I should have voted for myself there and just skewed the stats a little bit more. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I copped 75% of the flack. Bretta came in second, so they're hoping you, um, you know, finished you know, next worst after me, I guess, with 15%. A little old Corey sitting down there at 10%, just uh, a little fence-sitter down there, just a little goody two-shoes, sends out apologies uh, every other week. Every <laughs> yeah, week, uh, a bit sick of the apologies, to be honest. Fans, um, and you know what the thing is? like, Look, fellas, do you know what this Denki fella is, this bloke that's been absolutely roasting me? I don't know if he's roasted me, but I'm calling him out Denki. If you're out there, son, give us a tweet, send us an inbox, wherever the hell you are. I don't know if you've changed your Twitter handle or something. But I can't find you anywhere, mate. I've been missing your abuse. I've, I've actually been happy with my life for the last six months here. So I wouldn't mind you getting stuck in, uh, stuck uh, back into me again, if you don't mind, Denki. So I'm calling you out, all right? Yeah, hopefully it starts up. It starts up again. Get uh, Denki back. All right, boys. Uh, before we wrap it up, the most unusual player in your team at the moment. Brenner? Alan Christensen might be a bit of an unusual pick, but... Um... Yeah, there's not many left-wing ones. I think this stage of the season, don't really know what we're doing for sure, so I've just gone safe. Nice. Or actually, oh. Jack Jack McRae, but I think that's going to become Scott Penn. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Jack McRae as a midfielder. Yeah. Uh, well, mate, he had, what, 16 centuries last year? And he had a high score of, like, 162. Average the same as Pendlebury. He's only 23. He's coming into the prime of his career. I don't see why that is such a hilarious pick, boys. If you could let me know, that'd be great. Hey Corey, some of us, some of us are put onto this earth to do well in Supercoach, and some of us were put here to do poorly. I think we know where Breda falls into that. Uh, who, who's the three of us? Who scored the most points? Like four years in a row? Def- uh, definitely uh, not me. <laughs> 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 can't Big Michael Walters, down. man. Big Tayer Bayok, man. <laughs> can't wait to catch uh, loophole Bayok this year. It's going to be exciting. I honestly don't know who my obscure. I don't know who my obscure pick is. Um, none of them are obscure. They're all fairly safe. They're all look at the, the most obscure one. Actually, Brandon Ellis, I reckon. He's yeah, not really obscure. that obscure. Yeah, for me at the moment, it's probably I got Michael Barlow and Stephen Caniglio sitting in there, so they're probably my two ones currently um, that I'm really running. In. I do mm. like both those picks, though. Yeah. That's uh, pretty safe. Other than that, oh, well, latest. It's great to be back. Um, we've. Hey, can I raise one other thing? I didn't, didn't even, uh, haven't even no, mentioned it. Didn't we have another challenge last year where someone else was well, going to eat a chili? Well, I can ask if he can comment, and then we say no, and then he just goes and does it I anyway. comment anyway, mate. Like I, I, this I, is a hey, democracy. You know I yes. wouldn't be getting 75% of votes if I wasn't doing this sort of stuff, right? Um, then didn't we have some other chili challenge? Yeah, uh, so there's the hot chili challenge. That'll, that'll also be happening um, on the Chalky Milk Day. So, oh, as long as we're clear about when it's nah, happening. Nah, 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 it'll, yeah. be, it'll be happening. I it'll thought maybe be... Corey intentionally missed that one out because nah. I'm pretty sure he was the one swallowing on the chili. Nah, it'll all be on that day. Um, another one, while we're still here, we'll quickly rack it up. Probably your top six players that you recommend starting this year. Um. Yeah, probably go. Oh, 
One from the rucks, one from the forwards, one for the defenders, and we'll go three midfielders. We'll start with you, brother. Um, so one from the rucks, Gorn. I think we'll probably all agree on that. Yep. Um, one from the forwards, Heaney. I think we we'll, might all agree on that. Um, defenders, right now, I think Cam O'Shea. I know that's a weird pick. I know it's not ideal, but I think value for money. I think if you're looking at building a preseason team and getting started, I think that's the one guy you got to slot straight in and work around that. Primos are sort of um, each to their own. Any three midfielders, I'd go Dangerfield, Fife, and... Who would be my third? I'd say Davis Uniaki, another one who's just good value for money. Boss? I love, I love how he's worked in a few rookies. I'm, not, I'm doing nothing of the, that sort, though. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Heaney, Gorn, Dangerfield, um, Five. Now, this one here is going to be a little bit left field, but I'm, I genuinely think that Zach Merritt is a borderline lock this year. So I'm going to say... Yep, I'm going to put it out there, Zach Merritt. Zach Merritt uh, is the third midfielder. Um, and defenders, well, I don't think you just go past Rory Lip. Yeah, Dustin Martin, stiff. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, he's only done it once. You well, were talking, you were, when you boys talk, were talking earlier about, oh, Crouch, you know, he's only done it once before, and, you know, you want that sort of consistency. I don't think we've ever said that. I don't that. think we've uh, ever said that. Don't I, don't what, I don't know <laughs> where you've been for the last half an hour, Bonfa, but I don't think we ever said that. That may have been an off-air discussion. Uh, so it may have just, uh, <laughs> I don't think we've had any off-air discussions, to be honest. Yeah, we don't really talk right, outside right, the podcast. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gorn, Heaney. Uh, I think Dusty, and, again, this is because he's in a different – He's a different player now to what he was before, so I, th- I can't see it. Five dangers. I think Pendles is one that's pretty close there um, on that consistency, but I'm going Martin over Pendles and, yeah, Rory Laird. I think Elliot Yo is the most expensive defender, but I think Rory Laird is just that uber-consistent one there that I really, really like. So, um, again, not jumping outside of the box, but... Yeah, that's where we are. Now, coming up closer to... We'll do the same again, probably three weeks out from the, the JLT. We'll probably come up with your podcast before that as well. But three weeks out from the JLT, we'll run our potties on the Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And we will be coming at you with the team podcast. So much like we did last year. Sorting out the structure, probably talking about the, the midfielders, um, the you know who could break out the rookies. So that'll be the quick fire podcast coming at you then. Uh, anything else, boys? Bonfer, you want to interrupt me again or what? No, 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 I'll We're save good? that maybe for the quick I'll save that for the quick five podcast. <laughs> All right, Elitis, on behalf of uh, Bombs, Brett, and myself, it's bloody great to be back. Cannot wait for 2018 to just be jam-packed full of, of uh, Supercoach gold this year um, until round one kicks away and it's probably just going to be filled with misery again as well anyway. But, uh, again, on behalf of us, thank Peace Out Community.